Hello and welcome to the Healed Approach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Heald, workplace wellbeing and leadership consultant. The aim of this podcast is to bring the human back into leadership. It's about how success depends on healing, connection and better relationships because these are really key to well-being. You will find an open, honest and vulnerable approach that will inspire and motivate you on your business journey because fundamentally, well-being and leadership all come down to human connection. This is the real key to happier humans and better business outcomes. I really hope that you enjoy the show. So welcome to another episode of the Healed Approach podcast. And today I am joined by Maya Manso, all the way from Maine over in the US. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So I, what time, I just, I did just ask you this, but it's one o'clock, isn't it? So you're five hours behind us at the moment, yeah? Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Um, You're my last podcast of the day, whereas you've still got the afternoon to go. But Maya is a grief guide and the founder of She Creates Peace. And I'm really intrigued, actually, about She Creates Peace. Because, you know, I think what you're doing in terms of, you know, really helping people to turn their grief into their purpose is amazing. So can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. Um, My journey started 11 years ago. I lost my older daughter to leukemia. I am so sorry to hear that. Thank you. And as you can imagine, that changed my entire life. Yeah. And I really had to start a deep dive on who, who was I? But the more than anything else, the the mantra that just played in my head was, why am I still here when she is not? She was 23. She was amazing. She was my business partner. We She had just gotten married. She had her whole life ahead of her. And she was such a profound individual. And I I just kept thinking, you know, as a, as her mom, I would give anything to have treated places with her. Yeah. But why was I still here when she was not? Kept running through my head. Like, there must be a reason. Obviously, you know, the whole life is short thing was very much in the forefront of my mind. And as I started to figure out how to heal from my own grief and to find my purpose again in a very deep and soulful way, I really began to um, look at what drives us. Why are we here? What impact are we here to have? And it was very personal for me. And a lot of the clues about my purpose actually came from her. Um, She was only sick for about three months. And after we had stopped treatment, at one point she said to me, mom, I need you to pull out your iPad. And I'm like, okay, okay, you know, okay, Lens, I've got my iPad. What what is it that you need? And she's like, I need you to write down the list of books you're going to write for me after I die, because I'm not going to get to them. And I'm like, okay. And 
basically she described about eight books that she called survivor's guides, you know, like how to survive middle school, how to survive high school, how to survive college. And I think that what she didn't really uh, articulate was that I would be writing survivor guides for those that have lost loved ones and how to really find that passion and purpose again after the loss. It's incredible. That is incredible. And and how did you? Um, you know, it was it was really funny because um she was very um in charge of life while she was alive. And even after she passed, you know, about four or five months after she passed, I heard her in my head going, um, okay, mom, it's been like five months and you haven't started writing yet. And I'm just like, and it's not going to happen right away. But you know, it's, it's a process. And part of my healing and part of, of what I was doing was doing a lot of writing. And so it wasn't really a stretch for me to start to write the books. What I found though, was as I was putting my life back together and finding my purpose and finding my passion again, I went to a, well, I started helping a lot of other people with their own grief and, and grief is so, you know, I'm coming at it from my loss, my daughter, but grief is, a loss, some losing someone you love. It could be losing a job. It could be losing a relationship. Like grief comes from so many places. And I so I talk about this, I t you know, when it about, um, you know, when my marriage broke down and I went into grief, you know, and yeah, yeah. And you're, you're so right. Yeah. We, too often we associate grief with death and it doesn't mean that, does it? Sorry. No, it, no, it doesn't. And, and, you know, one of the things that I started um, just before COVID hit was I had actually started a program in a men's state prison for prisoners that were there long term uh, about finding peace, regardless of your circumstances. And it may not seem obvious that I would have a lot in common with these men who had, you know, committed these terrible crimes and were in prison. There is a basic humanity that all of us have when we find ourselves with struggles and you know uh, I have come a long way in my own healing and I've developed a lot of ways to help people and so as I started reaching out and as I started helping individuals and as I started helping you know creating these programs I hadn't really put it all together in, in the terms of she creates peace but I went to a uh, energy workshop long weekend and, um, Lee Harris from Lee Harris energy was, uh, the lead was the leader of the group. And I was trying to explain all of like the individual things. And I said, I don't really know, like, it's not all under an umbrella. And he was channeling as we were talking and he says, it's written above your head. She creates peace. Like that's what you do in this world. And I thought, Oh my gosh, if there is one thing, like every, I believe everybody's here for a purpose. And like, if my purpose is to go out and help people create peace in their lives, I can't imagine anything I would rather do what, 
what a great gift to give people. So that's incredible. That's incredible. What what you you mentioned about this this energy workshop. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So I I believe that there is more to us than just our our physical being. I believe in reincarnation. I believe in things that are bigger than maybe our brains can handle. Like I believe there's more to life. And I believe that when you do the work and you put the energy into the work and you set your intent, it sounds kind of corny, but I do believe that you can manifest things oh, when you put your heart into them. And it's believing one in of the things... Yeah. And one of the things that I, one of the first things I teach people, actually, I'll tell you about my first three lessons I teach people. Yeah. The first yeah. one is to declare dominion over your soul. Basically, it's giving yourself the ultimate permission to be who you are. You know, we have so many ways that we identify our commonalities and we fear our differences. And yet it's our differences that make the world amazing. And so the first thing I teach people is embrace that boldly. The second thing I teach people is to set their intentions on how they want to feel every day when they go to bed at night. Because when you, when you live a want-based life, where all your decisions around, I want this job, I want that house, I want this vacation, so on, then how you make decisions is about to get you to that point. Whereas if you make your priorities how you feel, then when you go to bed at night, all of the decisions you've made during the day are to get you to how you want to feel. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you my words that I, my feeling words that I use and how I use them. Um, when I was taught this exercise, I was really struggling with grief and I was really struggling with what is my purpose. And I was trying to make decisions kind of based on that want-based life, but more than anything, I wanted my daughter to be alive and that was not going to happen. So this woman said to me, how do you want to feel every night when you go to bed? And I picked seven words instantly. I knew, I knew what they were. And then I worked them into four questions. And my four questions are this. Does whoever or whatever fit my vibe, where vibe stands for vibrant and soul deep beautiful. If I'm going to be here and I'm going to move forward in life, I want to color my life with every color in the crayon box and I want to move through life with such a sense of love for my soul and why I'm here. My second question is, does it bring me wojo? Where wojo stands for wonder and joy. I want to run through life like a three-year-old going, oh my God, this is amazing. Look at that. It's beautiful. Like, I want to live that way. My third question is, does it make me want to leap? Do I feel passionate and eloquent about whatever I'm doing? Because if I'm not passionate about it, then I need to make a different decision. And my last question is, am I adored? Do I feel adored? 
Oh, that's I, I want to be with people who adore me and that I adore them because life, again, life is too short to be anything less than that. So I've had these questions now for um, seven, six or seven years. I don't remember exactly. And what the questions allow me to do, and it doesn't matter if it's work, a relationship, my younger daughter, my pets, whatever, is whatever the question is, does it fit that criteria? If it does, awesome, I want to do more of that. If it doesn't fit that criteria, it's either a hard no, that's not the right decision, I'm not going to go in that direction, or is there a way that I can change the situation to make it more the way I want to feel? Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I have to tell you that when you were talking about your questions, I had a chill. I had a chill and I've learned that chills are good. Yes. <laughs> and what you're saying makes so much sense to me because, yeah, like I said, I've been on my own personal journey and I, and I love I, you've articulated, I think, a lot of the things I'm kind of discovering. And I think this whole thing of going to bed at night, I do I do manifestation, I do visualization. And yeah. I play out my, my the next day in my head, you know, because I think this is how it's going to go. This is how I want to feel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'm learning. I'm still learning. Um, yeah. I guess, and I know this is because I, I, I think a lot of what you're saying will make a lot of sense to a lot of people who want to open, who want to embrace it. Okay. A lot of people yeah. won't, but you know, a lot of people will, but still, and I, and I think I'm saying this from my perspective as well. There's still people maybe are open to it and, and want to kind of embrace it, but don't always know how, even though it seems to make a lot of sense. I think there are still so many I don't know whether it's limiting beliefs. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's kind of, I guess my, my question is, I'm going a long way around it, is how do you get somebody to start this? How do you get somebody to, to really kind of, you know, get going with the journey and stay consistent with it? So I'm going to go back to step one, right? If they're open to this at all, the first step is to declare dominion over their soul. Basically give themselves permission to take this journey. Now. The setting of intentions of how you want to feel, actually, all you need to do is set the intention. And then what I, what I recommend to people is that they either do some artwork and put their words on and their questions on artwork. Or I've had uh, several people that like make it the wallpaper on their phone. Yeah. So that every time they go to open their phone, they see the words. And... I had my phone in front of me. <laughs> yeah. But it's it it's it's not a pass fail, no. right? If I was setting if I was setting objectives, and and you know, like I also do business coaching, right? For people who want to take that purpose and make it their their life, how they earn their livelihood, right? It's about setting the intentions, and I have them set intentions for their business. I don't have them set goals. Because a goal is a pass-fail thing. And if you don't make it, you fail and you stop, right? If I go on a diet today and I eat a cookie, I've blown it and I'm going to stop. 
right? Whereas if my intention today is to eat healthy, but to also enjoy what I eat, then I don't, I don't kick myself because I didn't break anything. I've set my intention. So everywhere that I've done better, where I've gotten closer to what I want, and, and I'll tell you a great story about this. I had this one woman, a good friend of mine, who we did the exercise. She set her goals and she worked with one set of words for about eight months. And she came back to me and she said, you know, I feel like I've mastered those words. I feel like like I they're ingrained. I'm doing those without thinking about them. I now want to choose a set of words for my business. Now, she was she is a realtor in Florida and she wanted to become a realtor who sells high end beachfront homes. And so she she was visiting and um, she chose eight new words and she painted a little uh, canvas. She painted her words on canvas and she went home and she took it and she put it up next to her computer. And not long after that, a woman from the other coast from, from the, from California called her and said, I need to locate. I don't know anyone in the area. I'm choosing you to be my realtor and you're going to go find me a home. And I'm not even going to get there until basically closing. So you're going to do all of the lead work. You're, you know, so they go on through this process and the woman did eventually buy the home that my friend found her, but Partway through the process, something came up about how this woman chose my friend. And she said, you know, my friend said to her, how did you choose me? And she goes, oh, you know, when I saw your picture, I knew everything I needed to know about you. I knew you would be. And she listed five of the eight words. She did not list a word that was not on the list. And so immediately after that phone call, I get a phone call and she's like, Oh my gosh, I set my intention and now people are just seeing this in me. Yeah. You know, and and I I believe that when you set that intention, you automatically begin to you automatically begin to be attracted to the things that are going to get you there. And you're going to move away from the things like you're going to see something that you might have felt obligated to choose or obligated to do. And you're going to go, you know what, that's not going to get me to the way I want to feel. So no, or no, but I can do it differently. And so I think that it becomes, um, you know, I believe that when we are in alignment with who we truly are, we will automatically begin to shift to what we want. And I think that's all that that step is really doing. But the Go ahead. No, 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 go on. Um, I was going to say the third thing that I teach people is probably the hardest thing for most people. And that is I teach them to do a self-blessing. And that's hard for most people because we, and I think it's universal. And I think, you know, at one point I would have said, I think it's probably more true for women, but I think it's equally true for men is that we grow up with a lot of voices and a lot of opinions about everything in our life. Yep, so and we are taught, we are taught not to believe in ourselves. Oh, I what? say this all the time. We're taught not to believe in ourselves. We're taught not to trust ourselves. We're taught not to listen yep. to ourselves. Yeah. Right. So, 
And again, this is something that someone gave me as a homework assignment early on in my process was to write a self-blessing and then to do it either once or twice a day, morning and night. Short. It's a short, like five minute, read it to your, read it to yourself in the mirror. You want a challenge? It's one thing to just like read it, but read it out loud to yourself, looking at yourself in the mirror. Like that's, that's not something that anybody teaches us to do that teaches us our worth. And yet if we can't do that for ourselves, go ahead. No, this, I say this, I, this is where we are in crisis as adults, you know, yes. and in the workplace, cause obviously I work, you know, I, that, that's where kind of, you know, my focus is for business in the workplace. If we were teaching this stuff in schools, if we were teaching this to our children, yeah, I mean, just imagine, you know, how much happier we would all be because we would be more in alignment with who we are. Yes. And we would be doing the things, we would be following the paths that were right for us. Absolutely. A absolutely. And so those are the first three key things that I teach people. There's more beyond that. There's more reflection of what brings us peace and what doesn't. You know, I talk a lot, like I have a definition of peace that I had to create because there isn't, you know, if you look up peace in the, in the dictionary, it's like an absence of war. Well, that doesn't tell us what peace is. My definition is an internal state of being reached when one can find contentment, joy, and connection, regardless of your circumstances. And that ties in really nicely with what you said in the beginning about, you know, choosing, setting your intentions on how you feel. Because I think this is the point I wanted to make in the beginning, is that when you can, you know, begin to have control over how you feel, you are less prone to other people affecting that. Yeah? Yes. And that's, that's something I've also learned as well, because I used to be, you know, because I am quite... Um, an intuitive person I pick up on energies a lot and I think that because I wasn't aligned with myself I wasn't making the most of it it was almost working against me because I I wasn't I would allow the bad energy in because of my own insecurities I think and then people would affect how I was feeling but since I've learned that and, and so yeah that it does I think and to me that's what peace is about to me peace is about being able to to not let other people control how you feel. Yes, very much so. Very much so. One question that I mean, I, I, there's a million questions, and I really, really hope you know that. But obviously, at the end and in the show notes, I'm going to let people know where they can share you and um, find you. Um, yeah. But you know, you talk about kind of your clients. Um, where do you, who do you tend to work with? Is there, is there a commonality or is it, is it, and I guess what I'm saying, you know, is it, do people come to you because of what they've experienced or do they come to you for other reasons? I, I think that there is magic in this world that, that can, well, there is a great quote that the older I get, the more I believe. A thread of connection exists between all those destined to meet, regardless of time, place, or circumstance. And I, I can't explain it more than that. You know, I, 
<laughs> I have a real mix of of people that come to me. And it's it's not like I would say it's probably more women than men, but you know, it's it's not a traditional demographic, mm-hmm. right? It's someone who has reached a point who I think they feel the call of their soul that they know there's more to life, but they're not sure where to find it. Yeah. And so, you know, I do a lot of uh, intuitive readings and guidance around um, helping people find their purpose. And I love that. I do work with, you know, I've worked with um, people going through divorce who are struggling um, or who are going through custody battles that are struggling. I've worked with the children of people, you know, the children of those custody battles. Um, I had a mom who brought me her daughter because her daughter had reached out for help because she knew that if she did not stop doing drugs, it would kill her. Um, And I'm not saying that that is, Like, I'm not licensed. It's nothing like that. But her mom knew it was a crisis of the soul. And I guess I guess that's really what I would say. They're having a crisis of the soul where their life is not in alignment. So everything seems to be difficult. I think you've made a really great point. And, you know, I think I think a lot of people in business could could learn a lot from this you mentioned like i said to you you said there isn't a traditional demographic there isn't a we are taught so as an entrepreneur as a business owner know your target audience know you might know their pains know their pain points know their um you know know them inside out know their likes know their hobbies know their you know and you you've got to create this avatar for me i i would almost I don't know if it's challenge it, but I think for me, the best thing anybody who is trying to set up a business or be an entrepreneur can do is exactly what you've been saying here is to find themselves, to do that inner work, to, because like you said about your client, once she set her intentions, once she was in alignment with herself, she attracted the right people that, you know, that she wanted to work with. Because I found this as well, you know, I attract the right people when I'm in alignment with who I am and when I'm doing the work on myself. And the other thing I want to say, which I think is really important, is this journey never ends. This work on yourself doesn't end. It no. just begins, you know? And, yeah. and and so for me, I think, yeah, I, I, I think the problem is, is that, you know, I think a lot of people still see all of this as kind of woo-woo, but it's not. This is, if anything, this is less woo-woo than anything. We just have almost yeah. pushed the world into such a masculine space Yes, you don't believe anything that isn't fact or, you know, we can't prove. But let's be honest, we still have not been able to prove, you know, why we're here, you know, where we came from. So can we not just go with things a little bit, go with the flow, Um, you know, set our intentions? And yeah, I I think I think that's so. you You know, it's interesting, too, because I. So I because of all the experiences I've had and because I've had to work through so much and I've developed a way to help people, the grief guide part of it is definitely a huge part of what I do. 
But then I also take people once they've found their purpose or I help them find their purpose and, and make it into how they earn their living. Mm-hmm. And when I have somebody who wants to build a business, there's a pretty simple formula that I teach them. The, they need to define the problem that they solve. And that's like the who and the what of their business. I help people do, I help a group of people that have this problem. I, I help solve that for them. The, the why of their business is their passion for it, right? I need to be passionate about that problem and those people, because if that's not in alignment, I will not have success, right? If I don't like kids, opening a daycare is the stupidest thing I could do. I could talk about this. Right? (laughs) So so if those two things are not in alignment, it's never going to work long term. And the third part of, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say, and I think this is a downfall as well of the education system, particularly in the UK, I don't know about in the US, but we are, you know, we're so focused on aspirations were so focused on I mean how does a 10 year old a 12 year old a 14 year old know what they want to be and so what 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 we do is we tell them they've got to be a doctor a lawyer a nurse and all we're doing is creating help for them really because they don't really know who they are we need to be teaching we need to be teaching them you know absolutely mindfulness all these kind of things anyway And, and to that point you know I work with a lot of I work with a lot of uh, women in their 40s, 50s, 60s who are at that transition point in life where they really want to do something meaningful. And when we, when I do an intuitive session with them about their purpose, 99% of the time, their purpose comes from experiences in their life that are uniquely theirs. And when we get there, all of a sudden they're like, Oh, and I did this and I did this and I did this and I had this experience. And they're like, oh my gosh, like I've been like all of my life, all of my experiences have led me to this. And I'm like, yeah, but you've got to experience life to get that knowledge. So I agree, young children, who knows what they're going to be? And, and to put that on them prematurely is silly. Yeah. Um, but the third, and, and, and that leads to the third part too, which is like the, I call it the plan of action, right? It's the when, the where, and the how do I solve the problem for these people? And that how comes from your unique life experiences. I can help people with grief because I have lived it profoundly, deeply. I took a deep dive into how do I heal from this? You know, are there other people that have lost that could do this too? Sure. There could be a room full of us and no two of us would do it alike because each of our experiences is so unique. It's not to be feared. It's to be cherished and shared that we have different approaches. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love this. I love, I think, you know, I have just got one last question for you before we wrap it up because I could go on, I could, you know, really could go more into this. And I think this has been, yeah, like I said, it's been an episode that's really kind of made me reflect, definitely. But, you know, you've shared a lot about your journey and thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you for allowing, you know, thank you for being so vulnerable. Um, but I guess, what is the one most important thing that all of this journey has taught you about yourself? It's taught me who I am. Um, 
You know, up until she died, I knew who I was as a mom. I knew who I was as a wife. I knew who I was as a daughter. I knew who I was as an employee. I knew who I, who I was in so many ways, but I did not know who I was. And I ended up in very much in survival mode after she died. I, it, it really threw me into, if I'm going to be here and she is not, and I have the rest of my life to be here, who am I, who am I going to be? And it was so interesting to me because when I declared dominion and when I set my intentions and when I started to do my own self-blessing, I started to make decisions differently. And everyone who knew me said, you aren't acting like yourself. (laughs) And I said, I have never been more myself than I am now. I said this recently to somebody because people and people notice changes in me and and I said to someone, Oh, I'm like a different person. And they're like, nah, you're you. <laughs> you know, and yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a when the worst thing has already happened, and nothing in my life will ever ever be as bad as losing my daughter, right? When the worst thing has has already happened, it gives you a new freedom. And that freedom is a beautiful thing and it's a heavy thing. But if I could, uh, okay, so I'm going to end it with this. When my, after my daughter, after we knew she was dying and we had stopped treatment, we were just treating her for the pain. She was lying in her bed in the hospital in Boston, and she'd been kind of in and out of her body. She wasn't there a lot of the time, but she wanted me by her bedside all the time. So I would just sit there for hours on end. And at one point she was laying there, her eyes were closed. She wasn't looking at me. And she says, mom, you are so beautiful. Don't let anyone ever tell you you're not. And I looked over at her and I saw that her eyes were closed and she wasn't, she wasn't looking at this. Right. And I thought, oh my gosh, she's looking at my soul. And in that moment, I saw the beauty of my soul too. And so if I could ever just say one thing to everybody that I ever meet, it would be, you are so beautiful. Don't let anyone ever tell you you're not. Okay. So powerful. So go be yourself. I think that's a valuable lesson for everybody. Um, yes. Know. And before we do finish, please, can you let people know where they can find you? Sure. Um, so I have two websites. I have uh, com, and that's the kind of the grief side. And I help people go from grief through purpose. And then I have a second website called um, thesmallbusinesspath.com. And that helps you go from purpose to earning your living. Amazing. Amazing. You're doing such incredible work. Thank you so much. This has been so powerful. Such a powerful podcast. And I really do appreciate your time.
um, and everything thank that you've you shared with us today. Thank you. And anybody who has been listening, please make sure that you do go and check Maya out. And, you know, you, you look at her website, listen to what she said, leave a five-star review, and please make sure that you do share this with your audiences because the more the people that we can kind of get this out to, the better because you've articulated so many amazing things in such a, a brilliant way. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please do like, comment and share with your audience. If you would like to know more about how I am championing and implementing fearless workplace wellbeing, one bold step at a time, then please do connect with me on LinkedIn or on any other social media channel using the hashtag Rebecca Healed Leadership. You can also email me, rebecca at rebecca-healed.co.uk or you will find me at www.rebecca-healed.co.uk. Thank you again for listening and I hope to see you next time.